0: Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon podcast. I'm Andy Viano. On this week's show, Managing Editor Myers-Reese sits down with me to talk about his August 5th cover story, Growth and Uncertainty, about the present and future of Kalispell Regional Healthcare, the largest employer in Flathead County, and still a rapidly expanding independent healthcare system, even in the midst of a raging pandemic. And stick around after that conversation for the biggest news and latest headlines from the past seven days. Before that, a quick reminder that this and every episode of this podcast is made possible by the members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Editors Club members contribute as little as five dollars per month to keep our work going and allow us to tackle all the most important subjects in northwest Montana. Plus, members get some great bonus perks, too. Learn more about the Editors Club by visiting BeaconEditorsClub.com. All right, time now to bring on Managing Editor Myers-Reese. And we began by talking about Kalispell Regional Healthcare's ongoing expansion efforts and how they fit with a broader trend around the country of hospital consolidation. It's It's been happening nationally for decades. Um, You know, larger
1: corporate um, healthcare entities and systems, you know, kind of forming multi-state conglomerates. But it was a little late to arrive in Montana. But here locally, Kalispell Regional Healthcare is still independent, locally owned and operated. And um, they've always been very adamant that that's how they'd like to remain that. And that's been, that's been consistent throughout um, all the different administrations. So, what we've seen at KRH, as most people are aware of who have been here for the last decade plus, is KRH has been acquiring and forming relationships with a multitude of different local entities, and to date, um, the KRH system includes 47 clinics, three hospitals, North Valley, KRMC, and the health center. And uh, you know, close to 200 physicians. And so it, it is a, a large regional network. But what this story looks at is their efforts now to expand that regional network even beyond the county borders. So uh, I guess carriage already has an existing, what they call a management agreement with Cabinet Peaks Medical Center in Libby. And then over the last year plus, they've been in discussions with, with various Highline healthcare institutions. That's all part of this, you know, looking looking at other institutions outside of Fayette County who can maybe partner with KRH. But the the relationship that now has been formalized the most is the Marias Medical Center in Shelby. And so they, they're finalizing the process, which they think would be done, will be done by the end of the year. But when it's all said and done, KRH will acquire the Marias Medical Center Critical Access Hospital, the Heritage Center Assisted Living Facility, and Britton House Staff Housing, along with uh, the Marias Care Center Skilled Nursing Facility, all in Shelby. And those will all become subsidiaries of, of KRH.
0: I wonder, Myers, if you know much of or have been able to, to figure out much of the, the why this is important to KRH. Is it a more aggressive move to try and, and be larger and increase revenues? Or is it is a, a defensive maneuver in some ways to try and remain viable when, and like you were talking about, there's consolidation going on uh, everywhere and, and competition's getting bigger and bigger?
1: Well, I, I think from, from their point of view. You know, building economies of scale, building diversity in relationships, whether that's diversity in expertise, geography, all of that does help them stay independent. And, you know, it, from the other side of the coin, from Rias Medical Center, and I spoke with their CEO, it gives them access to new capital, gives them access to new expertise, different resources that they otherwise wouldn't have. But with that said, part of this is somewhat of a, a natural step because KRH has been providing assistance and had a presence along the High Line for quite a, quite a few years. Even the CEO of Mariah's Medical Center recalled working at Northern Rockies Medical Center in Cutbank back in the 90s. And he remembers even then, KRH was helping with resources and just had a, a presence you know, it, it goes both ways. It, it helps that they do help these smaller institutions, which have an increasingly tough time surviving in the modern healthcare land, landscape. And then it adds benefits for KRH as well.
0: As the hospital continues and in the, in the healthcare system, KRH continues to expand into to new locales and, and work with additional properties what are the the financial realities right now for uh for that group
1: first of all obviously the the timing um might not seem optimal right now for for expansion efforts uh, amid this uncertainty but you know these discussions were were already ongoing well before the pandemic the those letters of intent were signed i guess towards the towards the start of the pandemic. But the conversations were already ongoing. The RFP was put out before the pandemic hit. So um, just to provide a little background there. But yeah, back in April, they announced that they were furloughing close to 600 employees because they were facing revenue losses that they estimated could be $16 a month without some sort of financial austerity measures. So furloughs that they did go through and even with that and whatever other expense control actions they took, um, they still to date since mid-March have, have lost over $30 million in revenue and continue losing revenue. But some of that you know, was backfilled with about $30 million worth of federal relief dollars. And now also they've, they've brought back services. And that was, that was the big thing, draining finances. Elective surgeries, all those procedures, they were completely off the books. Even if they're not at full capacity, if they're, even if they're limiting some services, they're still back to a degree, and that is bringing revenue streams in. And also, um, Cindy Morrison did not have an exact number, but she said, quote, the vast majority of those 600 employees are, are back at the hospital working.
0: Well, to to switch gears a little bit, it's hard to write about hospitals in the summer of 2020 without mentioning the coronavirus, obviously, um, which uh, continues to expand here in in Montana. And and we've seen growth in cases in Flathead County recently as well. How prepared right now does KRH feel to handle, uh, I guess, the current influx in cases and and any potential increase uh, down the road?
1: I talked to Dr. Doug Nelson, who is the chief medical officer, and he was very clear in describing how much better prepared KRH, local health officials, just really the healthcare system in general is now compared to when this first hit in March and April. Everything from testing to just knowledge of the, the disease and best ways to approach strategies and all of that we're in a much better position now. And even with the recent influx, it's not straining bed capacity. It's not straining resources, you know, too greatly right now. But nevertheless, it's, it's enough that the hospital has started limiting some uh, elective procedures that require hospitalization, partly just in response to the current uptick, but um, even perhaps more so. Just looking at the uncertainty of what's coming in these next couple months, and that is that's top of mind for for about everyone in healthcare right now is what's going to happen in the fall when we have a flu season and a cold season and don't know what COVID is going to look like. Maybe the scenario is better. Maybe there's a second wave. Who knows? But those all intersecting at once. You know, Doctor Nelson was. He said he, he is concerned because that that constrain capacity on multiple fronts. Testing suddenly you have a lot of people who have symptoms that they match COVID symptoms, but also cold symptoms, also flu symptoms. Is everyone lining up for COVID tests? And furthermore, you have flu test manufacturers who have been shifting resources. To, to COVID. And yeah, there's just a, it, there's a variety of things that make fall and winter quite a bit different than what we're seeing right now, even if there isn't an uptick in COVID.
0: Do, does Dr. Nelson or, or others at KRH know how they might potentially handle that problem right now, or are they mostly just kind of crossing their fingers and and hoping it, it doesn't happen with flu cases and COVID cases and cold cases all hitting at once?
1: Yeah, no, they're, I mean, they're always planning and they're, they're confident in their, you know, like I said, they, they know their, their way around COVID better than in March and April. And that includes how to prepare for worst case scenarios. There's a dedicated COVID unit at the hospital, but there's also additional ICU beds outside of that unit if necessary and potentially other options for further capacity and intermediate care. And then there's also the alternate care facility that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers constructed in the vacant third floor of, of the Montana Children's Medical Center. And so there's, you know, they, they certainly have, have plans, have contingencies. But some things are not in local, um, you know, not in local healthcare officials' hands, you know, from testing to, you know, other, other factors that are driven by national <laughs> trends or um, not. So, yes, I would say that they, they, they have the, their plans, but there's, there's certainly a lot of, you know, X factors that they'll have to react to and, and plan for.
0: Well, Myers thank you very much for uh, for stopping by and uh, and for the insight. All right. Thank you Andy. To learn more about Kalispell Regional Healthcare, to read growth and uncertainty Myers's story and to catch up on all the other in-depth reporting we've done on KRH over the years, visit flatheadbeacon.com. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last week as of Tuesday, August 4th at 11 p.m. Coronavirus cases continue to be confirmed in large numbers throughout Montana, with another 858 new cases identified in the last seven days. The state has now recorded more than 4,300 positive tests since the outbreak began in March, the majority of which have come in the last month. 64 people have now died from the coronavirus statewide, with 1,484 cases active as of August 4th. Flathead County, meanwhile, was labeled one of several hot spots in the state by Governor Steve Bullock at a press conference last week. There are 139 active COVID-19 cases in Flathead County as of this recording, third most in the state, those 139 cases represent more than half of the cases identified here since March, and of those, 13 people are currently hospitalized. Another 47 non residents in Flathead County have also tested positive for COVID 19. Health officials, including Kalispell Regional Healthcare's Dr. Doug Nelson, continue to plead with residents to wear masks when out in public, which are mandated by the state and to maintain good social distancing in an effort to stem the continuing spread of the virus. In other news, the Great American Outdoors Act was signed into law by President Donald Trump on Tuesday, authorizing billions of dollars in spending on deferred maintenance of the country's national parks and giving a permanent investment to the Land and Water Conservation Fund. The bill received overwhelming support in the U.S. House and Senate, and was championed by both Montana Senators Steve Daines and John Tester. Local conservation groups cheer the new law as well, with one advocate telling the Beacon the law is, quote, a conservationist dream. Elsewhere, the largest wildfire in northwest Montana, the Magpie Rock Fire on the southern end of the Flathead Indian Reservation, has come largely under control as of Tuesday. However, one day earlier, a new fire was discovered, this one on Bird Island in Flathead Lake. The small island, which measures about 30 acres and is near Finley Point on the lake's southern end, is closed to the public as a result of the fire, and because of conditions on the ground, crews are not currently attempting to contain the blaze. The Bird Island fire was measured at about 2 acres on Tuesday. And finally, two investigations in the North Fork area of Glacier National Park are ongoing as of Tuesday night. Officials continue to search for the person or people who set eight fires near inside North Fork Road late on the night of July 22nd, one of which destroyed a historic cabin near Polebridge. A $10,000 reward is being offered for information on that case. And at the same time, searchers are looking for a 68-year-old man, Barry Tragan, whose vehicle was parked at Kintla Lake on July 22nd, but who has not been seen since. Tragan from Columbia Falls is 5 feet 10 inches tall, weighs 220 pounds, with gray hair and hazel eyes. Anyone with information on either case is asked to call Glacier Park's tip line at 406-888-7077. That's all for this week, but remember, you can read more about all these stories and get the latest news and information from throughout Northwest Montana at FlatheadBeacon.com. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening.